All right, what's up, everybody? This is Sam with Rowdy Alternative. Today, we're here with Mitchell Ferguson. How are you, man? What up, bro? Doing beautifully. Good to see you. Awesome, awesome. Good to hear, man. You've been busy out there? Been real busy. I just got back in yesterday uh, from a buddy's wedding, actually. Uh, but other than... Uh, uh, we, we came in from Birmingham, but other than that, we have been very busy on the road. Uh, we just did a West Coast run, did Cali and Washington and Oregon with our boys Dexter and the Moon Rocks, yeah. and uh, just got back to Texas yesterday from this wedding, and we're about to do some headline shows in Texas, uh, San Antonio this weekend, and then Dallas, and um, yeah, man, we are running. Hell yeah, we'll we'll jump into a lot of the uh, your new uh, EP and everything. But you brought up Dexter and the Moon Rocks, man. How are they on the road? I, oh, I interviewed man. them a couple weeks ago. They are, it was off the rails, but in the best way possible. Yeah, I saw. I loved it. Uh, <laughs> we we absolutely love those guys. They are just some of the best people on the planet. Uh, it's a total joy to be on the road with them. Um, they've quickly become some really, really good buddies of ours, and uh, we just see eye to eye with them on a lot of stuff. And uh, man, they just put on such a great show. They're so good to their fans, and their fans are so good to them. We've felt very fortunate to be on the road with them and uh, uh, hanging out with these these Moon Rocks fans that uh, we hope are turning into some Ferg fans. But they, it's been great. Um, such great songs, such great vibes, songs and vibes. I feel like that's uh that's a necessity and they definitely have both. Yeah, dude, I they're fans, man. Like I I do nothing about how big they actually were like on TikTok and everything too. That was crazy to see like the reactions to like they put like a clip of the interview up and like I it's like all one big inside joke I didn't quite get yet and I had to scroll through and like try to get it, but yeah. Yeah. No, there's uh there's there's so many little inside jokes with their fans that they have going like uh they've got a box of Cheez Its that they bring out every night and that's something that you can tell everybody there is like, Oh my god, when are the Cheez Its coming out? you know, and as soon as they do. Um and of course they've got their wall that um there's a lot of uh people that have been featured on the wall that are coming out to shows and they're all so awesome. Um it's been great meeting some wall members, um, <laughs> but yeah, man, their their fans are so awesome. The energy at these shows has just been electric. Uh, it's really given us a lot of um, a lot of gusto for sure on stage. Because that's the thing when you're when you're performing and touring, uh, the audience's energy, y'all, you share that with them, and right. it it uh gets us going for sure so it's been amazing we're about to do the east coast with them by the end of this year we will have gone coast to coast with the boys um and it's just been amazing they get better every night and we we just we love them we love them yeah hell yeah man but well let's dive into you a bit man uh so by now i've i've known you for a couple years now and uh i was in I like to get some research done before I do these interviews. So I was just scouting YouTube for performances interviews. You've been at this a while. I, I yeah, didn't man. know how quite long you have been at this, but uh, that being said, uh, when and like what made you want to do this professionally? When did you take that step? And was it like a hard step to take? 
Yeah, I mean, um, so I started doing this full-time professionally in the very tail end of 2017, early 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I've been playing music my whole life. Both of my parents are career uh, musicians. My dad is a minister of music and has been working at churches in the Dallas-Fort Worth area for decades um, and my mom, a pianist, so I grew up with it. I've always been involved in music, but full-time professionally, uh, the end of 2017, beginning of 2018, um, uh, I went to college for acting, and I had just graduated uh, in 2016, and I was doing a bunch of uh, theater gigs like all over the country, and uh, I just really felt this. I, I had been writing songs in college, and uh, when I would come home for breaks, I was like, you know what? I want to try a hand at at uh, playing some gigs, and I just fell in love with it, and really felt like the deciding factor for me that really made me want to pursue. Uh, music full time was the full creative control that you know that you have over being a songwriter being in a band um you know uh and as an actor you're always trying to fit a role you're always trying to fit somebody else's project not that you can't go and make your own thing as an actor it's just uh, it's very different and i mean i've i've wanted to be in a band and you know playing shows since i was a, a toddler so yeah. it just felt like the natural step and then uh yeah when i moved back to texas um at the end of 2017 i just kind of found myself in the i knew nothing about the texas music circuit i knew nothing about the you know red dirt community that I kind of found myself in uh but yeah I I moved back and was like you know what let's do it let's let's go start play some gigs and five shoot nearly six years later here we are um it's been amazing man uh up until very recently for uh the start of my career we were playing a ton of bar restaurant gigs in the Dallas Fort Worth area um and all throughout Texas but uh mainly in the DFW area and i mean we're talking you know, 3 4 hour bar gigs uh wagon wheel Tennessee whiskey all that goodness yeah. <laughs> um and uh did a lot of that i wouldn't trade that experience for anything because i really feel like it helped uh develop just you know it's part of your 10,000 hours um yep. and it really helps you learn how to engage a crowd and uh how to you know keep people with you and as a songwriter you know there's a lot of folks that are like oh, I'm not I'm not going to play covers I'm not going to play other people's songs well it's like well, when you play all these songs, it teaches you, oh, well, this is what makes them good songs. Like, right. uh, you know, uh, and it's like, you know, the more you read, the more you write, the more you write, the more you read kind of situation. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so 20, I, I, 2018 was really the, the full head-on start of my uh, gigging career. And... Um, the more that we did that, I was like, okay, I want to get on the road and I want to start playing uh, 
original music, and I found that the best way to do that was try and get on shows opening for other people, which we're still doing a ton of that, and uh, love, love um, being introduced to new fans and then uh, having them join in our circle. Uh, so, yeah, um, we started doing more and more of that, and over the last year, year and a half, we've kind of taken a step well not kind of we've we've completely stepped away from doing the bar restaurant circuit which was uh from a financial standpoint definitely daunting because yeah. that's how we were making you know you can you can make a very decent living playing that circuit but holy crap it's a ton of work and you really have to put your nose to the grindstone and uh but if you're a songwriter like I am and like so many people are, there just comes a point where you really want to dive headfirst into uh, getting your songs out there. So we're uh, really grateful to have partnered with uh, the William Morris Endeavor uh, for booking. Uh, so that that's a new partnership that we've started, and they're getting us on the road a lot these days. So we're really grateful for that. Right on. Sounds like you guys are full steam ahead then, man. What were some... Uh... You're very. It's clear that you're very proud of like being from around uh, Dallas Fort Worth area, playing there, cutting your teeth there. Are there any venues that like stick out when you think of like, man, like I'm glad I play here, or this is where I like my old stomping grounds? When you look back at it now that you are making that step to play bigger areas, travel around the country more, and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of them, the the first first baby that we had venue wise Adair mm -hmm. saloon no doubt if you're ever in the dallas fort worth area you have to go check it out um it's in deep ellum and uh which is the uh music hub of uh of the dallas fort worth area i would i would say um old school honky tonk and man we i it has to it has to have been at least a hundred plus shows that we played there over a few years and um i mean man so many people uh got their start playing there uh notably cody jinx mm -hmm. um jack ingram uh ryan bingham uh moon rocks used to play there uh and you know it's it's a dream of mine when we're really uh you know when we've got more eyes on us and more people pulling up to shows i really at one point just want to do a last minute announce pull up to eight airs and just pack it like yeah. crazy um eight air saloon majorly historic love that venue and everybody there um there's another spot, the Avenue Sports Grill. Uh, my wife is also a singer-songwriter, and we had a residency there. We played there every Saturday afternoon for, shoot, a couple of years. And, uh, man, we really, really uh, developed some amazing fans there and uh, absolutely love that venue. Um, and, I mean, it's... It's it's a it's a bar and grill, you know. It's it's just straight up like people are watching football um, when they're not watching the band, and uh, it's we we love it. That's those two venues. If I had to narrow it down to where we really cut our teeth in Dallas, Adairs and uh, the Avenue, those are two. Um, that's that's family, and you know 
the owners of those venues always have a spot on the guest list for sure. And we'll throw one more in. The GOAT. Absolutely love the GOAT. Old school blues bar, East oh, Dallas. Nice. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, like, if if it, I've seen your guys play live multiple times, and if anyone else, I'm sure anyone else who has seen you guys play live could agree that, like, the crowd work you guys do, the interaction, getting them in on the, just keeping them engaged is, you know, very impressive. And that comes, and that's why it's no surprise to me that you, in particular, took up acting before because like I could I look at you I see okay this guy definitely could dabble in that for sure uh just to hit on that for a bit man like what made you want to do that well that's another thing uh my my dad aside from being a musician and a music minister is also an actor and got me involved into acting at a very young age um uh, and he's also a songwriter and uh, has written several musicals and at uh, all the churches that I grew up going to that he was working at, uh, he would write and still does write uh, Christmas musicals that we would perform in every year. So I got started acting very young. Um, and then in high school, uh, I was the biggest nerd you could possibly imagine. I went, uh, we, I was on the speech and debate team, which if you're unfamiliar, Dang. are you kidding? Uh, Seriously? Dude, I swear to God, I swear to God. I dude, loved it, man. <laughs> did you, did you do interp or, or were you doing debate? Were, were you? Uh, well, what's the one where you like, they ask a question, you buzz in and you just say, it. ain't that debate team? Yeah, that, that, okay. that, that would be more debate. So if you're unfamiliar or and there's different there's different organizations that do it differently but uh the the one that we were competing in in high school basically there was debate which was you know uh, you're you're debating political social topics and questions yeah. and whatnot and then speech is basically just competitive acting so there's humorous interpretation, dramatic interpretation, and basically what you do is, and you might already be familiar with this, but you take any piece of published literature and cut it down to a 10-minute performance. So <laughs> so uh, whether it be a book, a play, most of them are plays, but books, plays, uh, I, I mean newspapers, literally anything that you want to do, and then you turn it into a performance. So you would play like, okay, let's say you're doing Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. You would do, you would make a ten minute cutting of that, and you would play every character. Shit. So you're going in and out of characters, and yeah, man, there's a ton of actors uh, that grew up doing it. I mean, Brad Pitt. Oprah Winfrey, Josh Gad. I mean, it's it is some of the best. If if there are any high school people listening that want to that you have any interest in being an actor, go try and find uh, speech and debate. Uh, my buddy that was getting married this past weekend, uh, I was one of his groomsmen, and that's how we became to become very close was through competing in speech and debate. And, man, it's just amazing training. Uh, aside from being a performer, just learning how to speak in public because, yeah. you know, that's that's uh, that's a skill that I'm very grateful to have spent time with, you know, in high school at an early age because, dude, it's difficult, you know. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm very, very grateful for uh, – 
for that experience. And yeah, so I was a mega nerd in high school. <laughs> we were we were waking up every Saturday at five a.m. and throwing on a suit, and then going to other schools and like having mime wars. So <laughs> like like literally. It's so so silly, but that's that's how I got started. And I was a theater kid, choir kid as well in high school. So, uh, um, yeah, naturally, when I graduated, I uh, wanted to go get a degree in acting, which uh, I'm very grateful for my experience in college. But I will suggest to anybody that is interested in pursuing it, just go do it. Don't go spend tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of dollars <laughs> on <laughs> an education in theater don't get me wrong webster university i love you but uh i think the and the same thing for uh for music um the training is training is very valuable and you can i learned so much for it again i wouldn't trade it but um some of the best training that you can get is just going out and falling on your ass you know right and and, and doing it yeah yeah hell yeah what well i would like to also hear if you don't mind the school of rock story ah yes <laughs> yeah um so right when i here there we go we're back here we go. we're good um right when i was graduating so uh right when i was graduating college um we had a uh a, a class that was basically just like it was an audition class slash like business for uh, actor class. And my professor was like, look, go and audition for stuff that you are like immediately right for. Like if, you know, if, if you're a, if, if you're a musician, like in my case, and uh, I'm definitely not a dancer, but, um, I, but I, I, I do play a lot of instruments there's there's a lot of uh, musicals and plays that have come up over the last few years that you know uh, the the original phrase of a triple threat the <laughs> singer actor dancer yeah well, now there's more options there's a lot of singer actor musicians there's musicals like Once um, which is an amazing movie turned musical that everybody's playing instruments and um, kind of utilizing that uh, gift talent set. Uh, anyway, graduated college. School of Rock is my favorite movie of all time. When it came out, I had my dad take me to go see it literally three days in a row. I was just obsessed with it. Um, and when I was graduating, School of Rock, the musical, was on Broadway. And I was like, dude, I am perfect for this show. I'm low-key fat. And I play guitar. And I am obsessed with this movie. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do whatever I can to uh, get seen for this musical. And if you're familiar at all with uh, the Broadway theater world, uh, there is an actors union called Actors Equity Association. And if you're not a member of the union, which I was not at the time, it is quite literally impossible for you to get to to even audition for mm -hmm. shows 
So I was like, nah, hell nah, I have to audition for this. So I literally stalked the production like crazy, and I emailed, I, I, I went and put an audition tape together. We went to a studio and filmed uh, filmed us performing the uh, the the song, uh, what's it called? Uh, Teacher's, Teacher's Pet. Teacher's Pet, yeah. Yeah. Filmed us recording that, and... Uh, I somehow found every single person's contact information that was involved with the musical. So the director, the assistant director, the assistant to the assistant director, the musical director, costume designer. And I was like, you know what? I'm I'm going to be the, uh, the weirdo, and I'm going to message this to uh, their Facebook profiles. I literally mailed in... Uh, you know, a DVD to, uh, to, you know, whatever. I did a lot of research and a lot of Facebook stalking. And lo and behold, the assistant to the assistant to the assistant of somebody got that video and then sent it to the casting director. And then I got a couple emails from them that were like, hey, we uh, want you to fly out to New York to do a final callback for the role and uh granted the show is already running so i was auditioning to replace the original dewey finn or right. in the musical obviously not jack black but right the guy yeah, yeah. Playing him. uh so next thing i knew i was in new york and it was between me and two other guys to take over the role and i i didn't end up getting it so funny i literally walked in and was like do you guys need a headshot or resume that shows how green I was? It's like, dude, it's like, we know who you are. We yeah. asked you to fly out here. <laughs> um, so very glad it didn't happen uh, just because it wasn't supposed to, yeah. but it really, uh, you know, I had a lot of classmates that were like, dude, what are you doing? Sending in these, these, you know, audition tapes. Nobody's going to see this. This is a waste of your time. And I almost got the role, which I, uh, it, it was an amazing experience. And if there's any takeaway from it, I still use this lesson today. Dude, reach out to people. Do not be afraid. Slide into people's DMs. Send them. If, like, don't be afraid. And, like, people, these casting directors, these directors, these artists that you want to work with, if you're a songwriter and you want to open for somebody, everybody puts their pants on the same way. Just send them a message because you literally never know when something's going to click and they happen to see it and they're like, oh, I, 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 I mess with this, you know. Uh, so that's been huge in my experience with getting on the road with, you know, um, with artists that that we admire uh, a lot of that just comes in the past has come from us just reaching out and saying, yo, love what you're doing. Let's play some shows. And then the next thing, you know, Oh gosh, you're wearing an Austin Mead shirt too. Damn it. Yeah, dude. Ha -ha. <laughs> That's the boy. Yeah, um, baby. No. And then you end up making some of your best friends like Austin Mead, you know, yep. uh, he's, he's one of my dearest friends and that all happened via just, you know, reaching out and saying what's up all these years ago. So, yeah, that's the uh, 
that's the school of rock tale um it was it was uh quite the experience um but yeah always shoot your shot dude always shoot the shot because um uh as as close as i got to that role i mean it was it was pretty cool yeah i mean that's a hell of a life lesson and that could go for anything too like absolutely yeah musicians actors anything or just normal people but um so let's swing back to your music man uh so your sound probably more so than anybody off the top of my head is unique as fuck like it like the especially this last ep you put out man there's like a mix of blues there's a mix of grunge there's a i get some hip-hop for sure in it so when you when people say the texas scene that you're probably put into a lot uh it used to be i'd say since maybe like a couple years ago people think country music right sure and now i'd say more than country music it's a lot of rock guys it's a lot of just anything and you're a mixture of like everything in my opinion so where would you place yourself if you had to pick a genre, which isn't even necessary these days, in my opinion, if you had to pick a genre to put yourself in, what would you say that would be? Yeah. Um, let me get us. Okay. I think that's better. Yeah. Um, I think alternative is the best, uh, is the best description of it. Um, you know, and people will argue about what, alternative music sounds like uh but for me i i think alternative encapsulates guys like oliver tree and also like nirvana and Mm -hmm. um foo fighters and like even like remy wolf you know like alternative is a pretty nebulous but identifiable sound i think uh and yeah, whenever we describe it, because it is a little bit of everything and, um, which feels a little bit daunting because it's like people want to know what they're getting into. And we thought long and hard about it. And I was like, man, I, I really feel like we need to like dive de- I, I, I write so many different types of songs and I love like, so many different types of music that I think it would be doing a disservice to me and to listeners if we were to just like, all right, we're going to write just a country record, which at some point maybe we do just put out a straight up country or straight up rock or a straight up, you know, hip hop record. Yeah. Uh, But for the time being, I don't see why it can't be all of it. And I really think that, 2023 shoot coming up on 2024 genre bending is huge yeah um i i absolutely love oliver tree i think he's one of my he's one of my favorite artists right now and i think he does an amazing job of blending a lot of genres but making a sound that is also identifiably him yeah um you know uh, but yeah, I think alternative slash rock is the most, uh, fitting description of, uh, what we've got going on right now. 
Yeah, man. And like, so you put out a uh, whole lot of sauce uh, in September. Just felt like it was just yesterday, even though we're yeah. already almost through fucking October already. But crazy. Um, yeah. So uh, going back and listening to all your stuff, um, like it's different. It, it, uh, FYS was the first single off that, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, and like I remember hearing that, I'm like, okay, I didn't expect, you know, it was like a just straight up rocky, grungy 2000, like it was awesome. And then like every with every release, I just remember it getting more and more interesting. And then once the EP dropped, it was like, uh, this is like a grab bag, man. It's like a grab bag. Here's what you're gonna hear, something completely different. Um, here's another thing completely different. So like, what was the basically what was the process behind? both recording it and just getting it together, like writing it. Uh, how did it come to be in a nutshell? I know that's kind of a broad question, but how'd that like all come to be? Yeah. Um, so uh, this whole record we did, uh, well, actually one of the songs uh, we, we did with uh, another set of buddies of mine, but uh, this is released through my dear friend, Taylor Kimball's mm-hmm. uh, record label, uh, Sour Sonics. Um, which, uh, for y'all listening, if you're unfamiliar, Taylor's produced all of Coe's stuff, Giovanni and the Hired Guns, Austin, Mead, Cody West, Holly Beth, who's also on the label, um, a lot of Salvo stuff. Um, so we started working together a little over two years ago, and uh, I had come to him with some songs that were a little bit more you know, traditional Texas rock country kind of vibe. Um, And he was like, man, I really want to like dive deep and I want you to keep writing. And I feel like your sound is like, you're not, this, this isn't uh, identifiably like Texas country rock. It's, it's, there's something else going on here. So, we just started holing up in the studio for like several, like we'd get together once, twice a week for several months, upwards of like a year. And we wrote a bunch of songs. Um, and when it came time to, hey, we need to put out like a, you know, at least an EP or an album, uh, we had a ton of songs. Um, and we got together and uh, with the rest of the label and just kind of went through everything. And we kind of narrowed down to seven songs that we thought fit into uh, a little package, um, which turned out to be a whole lot of sauce. And um, yeah, man, I I love Taylor so much, and uh, we've we we really have a great dynamic when it comes to writing songs. And um, he really pushed me to, uh, you know, uh, to help find. Uh, an individual sound. Um, you know, like I said, I came in with this, uh, like kind of naturally leaning towards like writing these Texas country rock songs. But if I'm being honest with my upbringing, I grew up listening to like Christian death metal (laughs) and like musical theater. So a very broad range, and I really didn't dive deep into country until I moved back to Texas in 2018. So there was a bit of me that kind of felt like I was like 
playing at it, you know. And if yeah. I'm being honest with myself, I grew up in the burbs. I I grew up, you know, like I said, being a fucking speech and debate theater nerd. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I absolutely love writing country songs. I love country music, love the genre. But if I'm being honest with what my core is, it's I, I felt like I was kind of playing at cowboy with some of these songs. And it's yeah. like, dude, just be honest with yourself and it'll come through with the music. And I really feel like we kind of started to hit on a uh, on a pretty specific individual vibe that's uh, not me just trying to, to make a, a record that I think people will like. It's like, well, let's make what what we are liking. Yeah, and like I think that's and I'm not just blowing smoke, man. Like when I think like just this year, if I put all these releases out that I've heard, yours is like just like the most interesting, most unique. Like it's honestly like because you could tell that's what you want to do because you have fun with it. You see it on your socials. You're having fun with it. You could tell you love making that kind of music. It just sounds like this is Mitchell Ferguson at this point. Like it's your identity. And like I couldn't imagine anyone other than Taylor producing it either because that just seems like the perfect fit just after all the changes he's done like he produced uh, a lot of co's stuff he went from like all these different artists and they're all progressing in sound like austin yeah like, all these guys are so i figured you just fit right there and just drop in like easily so did you guys gel like immediately when you first started oh yeah 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 taylor i mean is truly a godsend love him to death he's become one of my best buddies and we've got a a really good sense of uh, rapport because it's interesting too. Taylor, uh, we, we we have a very similar uh, upbringing in terms of our musical influence. Uh, before he started doing a lot of production, he was playing drums. Uh, he's a great drummer, and he was playing drums in a lot of Christian metal bands. Because um, you know, we both grew up on. Under Oath, O Sleeper, um, all of these, all of these uh, Christian metal bands, which is a whole subgenre that if if you know it, you know it. Um, <laughs> uh, but he uh, and then him and Co started working together, and I I won't speak for his whole his his whole personal experience, but I do know that we come from like we started in this world, found ourselves in the country ish yeah. world and now uh that we've you know grinded ourselves out uh you know producing records and playing shows now we really want to make something unique and um you know specific and original and uh it's a little daunting you know like i said um uh zero disrespect whatsoever to anybody making a traditional country record if that's if that's where you come from and if yeah. that's where your soul is fucking amazing <laughs> for me i come from a very uh like a like you said a grab bag of stuff like yeah. grew up doing musicals and uh in church listening to like christian alternative rock metal and then when I moved to Texas, started playing all of these bars and restaurants, and people are coming up and like, play some Randy Rogers, play some Josh Abbott. And I'm like, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> so I'd go home, 
and then I dive in and I'm like, oh my gosh, these are such amazing artists. So I started falling in love with all these songs and all these bands. And so I kind of started to develop this country bone. And um, yeah, and then we kind of found ourselves here. And it's like, dude, let's let's make some weird shit. Let's let's really make some, you know. And honestly, Dallas, Dallas specifically, kind of has a really rich history of genre bending of its own. Uh, Post Malone, I think, is a great example of someone that, especially as of late, uh, is really putting out almost like. Some of his songs are folk records now, yeah. you know, and uh, then you got people like Erica Badu, uh, Leon Bridges, um, mm-hmm. Paul Coffin that are really, you know, bending these genres. And uh, I think that that makes for some really, really interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%, man. Uh, yeah, and I, if I remember right, don't you cover sometimes like a Posty song, or it might yeah. be Kid Cudi. I don't know, but those yes. are, yeah, those are electric, and I love seeing the reactions for like that's my favorite part of your show. Just see the reactions of these these guys coming in in their pearl snaps and cowboy hats, and then here comes you, and then here comes a Post Malone song. It just I love seeing the reactions. Yeah, man, we yeah we we do do a good deal of Posty. We do some Kid Cudi as well. And uh, I've I've loved that, and I love uh, you know people catching on and hearing songs in a different way. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. And it's funny, it's like because, and I don't know if you see it, but uh, when I like like talk to these guys who are, who've seen you play and everything, it's like to explain someone what your music is and how you are, you would think that it's a gimmick, but it's not a gimmick. Like that's sure. just you, you know what I mean? And I and I mean that in the greatest way possible. Like this is this is him, and this isn't bullshit. This is actually what he wants to play and put out there. Hell yeah, man! I appreciate that a ton. Um, yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, we 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 uh, we we want to make the the most interesting, fun stuff that we can. And I'm really excited to hit the studio again. I've been writing a ton lately, and um, uh, we're we're really wanting to to make a a pretty emotional next record. Not that this last record is not emotional and deep. Um, there's there's definitely a lot of depth to these songs. Yeah, but um, it's there there are a lot of like very upbeat pop punk kind of uh, fun. it's very fun. It's a very fun record. Um, and uh, we're excited to make some really sad shit. So yeah. No, like, yeah, on this, this past one, man, like, it was some of the most relatable shit I've heard in a long time. Like, there was, like, it's just, like, playing, I feel like that's the greatest thing about it. Like, it can relate to anyone listening. Like, Hurt So Bad, uh, Love on the Line, that kind of shit. Like, everyone's going to relate to that, which is part of why I think it's so great, and I'm sure a lot of people do, too. No, thank you, bro. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. Um, So, uh one of the things that I've also noticed is that you have literally taken the TikTok game by the balls and just twisted it, man. Like ah. you, like I haven't seen anything like it before. Like the, uh, the, uh, oh, what was it? The NPC thing. Oh you're gosh. Sitting, dude, yeah. that was, I've never belly laughed at a TikTok in my life, but once I caught on to what you were doing, that was some of the funniest shit I've ever seen. 
in the Hot Ones parody and all that. So what uh, was that a big? I know that's since it's the most popular thing. It seems like now with like artists who are wanting to break or like just gain some traction. Was that sure. something that was like uh, I don't want to do this, or did you just hop in like All right, let's do it. I'm hype. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I I really wanted to. I, I was seeing the engagement that people were getting, and honestly, I love and and it changes every day with the algorithm and whatnot. Uh, and the algorithms, cause I guess we all have our own individual algorithm. I don't know how <laughs> it all really works at the end of the day, but I loved, uh, TikTok um, from the jump because I think that it really, uh, was the most creative friendly and especially, uh, at the dawn of it in 2020, if there is anything that I could go back and change uh, a decision that I could make in 2020 when we were all holed up at home, I so wish that I had doubled down and started, you know, really grabbing people's attention then. Um, mm-hmm. And I tried to do a little bit then, but uh, as as the world started picking back up, I started getting more uh, into it. But man... Um, I've just come to realize that the internet, social media, whether it be TikTok, Instagram, whatever, it is all about like just throwing paint at the wall and seeing what works. And it's so funny, you know, we'll put a lot of money and time and effort into making like a high quality music video and then we'll post clips of it on TikTok. It doesn't do anything. And then I post a video of me on the toilet and it just explodes. And, you know, what I've come to find about it is the less, not that like being specific and intentional about things isn't important. It totally is. But the less that I find that I'm thinking about something and the more that I'm just following my gut instinct, chances are that's going to work better than something that you're really trying to like get people to watch. And it's like, dude, trust your instinct. If you think something is funny or cool or good, just record it and fucking post it because it could absolutely change your life. And, um, yeah, I mean, I definitely understand people getting, you know, being hesitant about it. And like, I can't tell you the hundreds of posts that I've, almost made or that I've been like, ah, this is going to be cringy. Nobody's going to really like this. And it's like, dude, just shut up and post it. If anybody is going to hate on you for it, fuck them. Like it doesn't. And I saw, you know, I, I, I saw this TikTok recently. It was like somebody having a conversation with themselves and it was like, oh, I don't want to post this. This is, this is cringe. And the response to that was, well, cringe is selling out a tour all over the country. Cringe is uh, cringe has several million monthly listeners. Cringe is selling all this merch. You're going to have haters. And, you know, I had a few things this year go semi-viral. I had a uh, – and it's so funny. 
the thing that has done the the biggest numbers for me uh, wasn't actually any of my music. Granted, it was music that I made, but it was the Gen Z praise and worship songs that I put out, Trill Song. Yeah. That was like the first like viral thing that I had ever had personally. And those videos I made, it was just like, oh, this is funny. And I would make those things in five minutes on GarageBand. And it's been really interesting, the uh, the connections that that's led me to make, you know, even though it's sending people to... I, I ended up putting those songs out just because, hey, if people like it, whatever. Yeah, we'll for sure. throw it up and get some streams, whatever. Um, but uh, the doors that that silly little joke has opened has been really amazing and i would encourage anybody out there that has any desire to be a content creator be a songwriter follow your gut post the video you never know what's going to happen um and you can you can make it work you know i've i've met a lot of people that i really admire that you know for a while I was kind of getting annoyed with myself for not not annoyed with myself, but like frustrated with the problem of like, ah, all these people are listening to this uh, Gen Z praise and worship parody thing that I'm making. But I really want them to listen to my record. Right. Um, But it's all a blessing and it's all getting people. It's it's bringing people in. And, um, you know, I'm. Yeah, it's it, the internet, man. It's it's so funny what what works, and I've come to find that nine times out of ten, stop thinking about it so much. Just film it, just do it, just throw it out there. You literally never know um, when something is gonna take. So uh, if if yeah, just do it. Just Nike, yep. baby. Just Nike. It sounds like it's your that's your mantra, man. <laughs> just do it. Slide into the DMs. Hit up the producers. Just post whatever you want. Yeah, man. Life life is too short not to, uh, you know, not to be morbid about it or anything. But it's like, bro, what are you gonna like? What are you gonna lose unless you are out there on the internet, like being a shitty person? Yeah, and you know, being a fucking racist or sexist or something it's like just it just just post it like yeah what is the worst that's gonna happen people are gonna the people that are gonna hate on you are it's just a projection that they have on themselves they wish that they had had the wherewithal to just to just do it you know yeah. nine times out of ten um, so that's been a lesson that I feel like I learn every day. The amount of time that I've spent, you know, wasted on my phone, like, should I? Yes. Yeah, do it. you should, <laughs> you should do it. Awesome, man. Uh, dude, thanks again for hopping on. This has been fun. Always love connecting with you. Uh, I guess before we head off, uh, if you want to, uh, plug anything, like what's to come for you, uh, Again, like the EP, um, great. But, uh, you know, people are always going to wonder what's next. That's just how it is. So if there's anything you got coming up, whether it be releases, some shows, go ahead and plug it, man. Absolutely. Well, see you're wearing a... We we, we got a little Howdy Fuckers flag in the back. We got a little Austin Mead on you. 
Yeah. Uh, that's one of my best buds, and you might be uh, hearing a little something, a little collab between the two of us Ooh. coming up pretty soon. Breaking news. Yes, 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 yes. You heard it here first. Um, <laughs> that's coming up relatively soon. I won't give away the song, but Austin and I have a little something cooking. Hell um, yeah. And we have, uh, if you're in Texas, we've got some big Texas shows coming up. Uh, this weekend, uh, October 21st, San Antonio, October 27th, um, we've got a headline show in Dallas, so it'll be good to be back at home. And then in December, we are going all throughout the East Coast with uh, Dexter and the Moon Rocks, New York, Boston, um, uh, Virginia, the Carolinas. Uh, yeah, that'll be throughout December. And um, yeah, we're, we're back in the studio, baby. We're cooking. Shit's let's, cooking. Let's go. Oh, yeah. By the way, last one. Million dollar question. What the hell is the sauce? And how do you get lost in it? Ah, okay. Yeah, couldn't the escape sauce. it. Couldn't escape it. I had we, to Yeah, we, 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 we got to talk about it. <laughs> I describe the sauce quite frequently as comparable to the Force in Star Wars. Oh, yeah. It is that that special... It's it's the grit that it takes to get the job done. I think everyone is born with a with with their own individual <laughs> sauce. Um, uh, yeah, man. Uh, and and I, I talk about this a lot at the show. If you listen to the lyric of the song, "Whole Lot of Sauce," it's it's determination, it's grit, it's the uh, you know after you've worked an extremely long day. Um, still having the energy to pursue your passion and uh yeah it's it's um it's charisma it's uh it's grit it's determination it's sauce baby it's uh it's it's in you it's not on you sauce it's in you yes um, yeah I love it <laughs> put yeah put that on a t-shirt put it in the dictionary i'm I'm submitting it now. Bro, if we can if we can get that added to Merriam Webster, I mean I know sauce is already in there, but we need to get the the alternate definition yeah, added. I'll, I think I'll email Merriam or Webster, maybe both of them. Like you said, go for it, right? Bro, we need to slide into <laughs> Merriam Webster's DM. Yeah. No full doubt. Full circle. Full circle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, baby. All right, man. Mitchell, thank you so much. Uh Sam, appreciate thank you hopping you, bro. on. Yeah, we got to do this again anytime. Hit me up, bro. Dude, please, I hope to see you out on the road. I can't remember. When was the last time I saw you? Was- that Dude, that was all the way back in January or February already. It was out in OK. Well, I saw you back-to-back nights. It was OKC in Tulsa opening for Austin. With Austin, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great well, we gotta, time. We got to make it happen again soon, bro. I oh. miss you. Oh, yeah, I miss you too, buddy. We'll, we'll make it happen for sure. But, um... Yeah, stick around for a second after I sign off here and make sure we get uploaded. So, uh, everyone, thanks for listening. This is uh, Mitchell Ferguson. I'm Sam and special guest, The Sauce. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Y'all have a good one. Yeah, later.